Abigail's Life Coding Radio, a podcast dedicated to life coding, life coders, and algorithmic music. I'm your host, Mina Marie, also known as Earth to Abigail, and every episode I invite a different guest on the show. So, today's guest. She's a visual and audio artist, designer, and researcher from Mexico. She's currently doing a PhD in communication, new media, and cultural studies at McMaster University in Canada. Her work focuses on audiovisual practices, including live coding, to produce a language for live visual music. She is the co-founder of Andamio.in, a collaboration platform that collides technologies with practices mixing texts, visuals, and sound. And she also collaborated with composers, writers, designers, and other visual artists to explore practices such as visual music, electronic literature, video experimentation, and live coding. So, without waiting any longer, I'm super excited to introduce you to Jessica Rodriguez. Hi, Jessica. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining me today. Hi. Hi, Mina. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> so, where are you tuning in from today? Canada? Yeah, I'm, I'm currently living in Hamilton, uh, Ontario, here in Canada. Um, but I'm originally from Mexico, like from the center. Like, it's not Mexico City. But it's not that far from Mexico City. And how is the situation now in uh, in Canada? Are you are you still studying, or what's the, or now is it the summer vacation still? I'm not sure. Yeah, it's summer vacation, but uh, in my program I need to work all year long, so I don't really have like too much breaks. So next week or like next week is gonna be already fall term and. I will be doing much more um, activities. Right now, I'm just focusing on my on my project. Uh, as you say, I'm a, I'm starting a PhD, uh, so I'm about to enter my third year. So wow. basically, just focusing on my project. Amazing! Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like, what are you focusing on for your PhD exactly? Because in your bio, I was I was reading all those kind of things that sounded like really exciting. I was like, ooh, you know, I want I want to understand what that is. <laughs> Yeah, well, specifically, I will um, design and implement a uh, live coding language uh, for live video. It's just like to mix uh, live video uh, in different ways. But one of the particularities that I wanted to have is that uh, I want to have a strong connections with audio information. So, um, yeah, so basically, I'm, I'm explaining my project as an audiovisual project, although my language will, will just work with video. Uh, but again, it will have a strong relationship with uh, with sound information. So, yeah, I was actually talking to this with my advisor, which is David Ogborn. And uh, for me, it's interesting how to design a language for live coding, which is strong connections with collaboration. So, like, obviously, you will be able to use my language just by itself. Uh, but to really get the full potential of my language, you will have to use it with sound. Uh, wow. Either if you're using another live coding uh, language, or if or if you're just doing sound um, with other kind of media or instruments. So, yeah. So I think that's that's something that is interesting for me, just to create very strong collaborative environments. 
Amazing. And what are, what are your inspirations? Like, do you have like inspirations from languages that already exist or like things, you know, that you decided to, you know, maybe take from that language or that framework and then kind of... Yes, um, I'm a visual artist. Uh, I studied visual arts as my, with my undergrad. And basically, since then, I was really focused on video and just experiment with video. And I wasn't really doing light coding, uh, even though my thesis in my undergrad, it was about light coding in Mexico. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's still, I, I wasn't doing that in a practical way. Like, uh, I was researching about it, but not really like doing too much about light cutting. And basically, because back in that in that time, I wasn't really seeing the potential of, of code uh, or just projecting the code there. So I was like, no, like, if I can just like uh, mix videos with other tools, like I would just use the other tools. Like, uh, I don't see the point of just working with light coloring although for me it was interesting <laughs> to research about it so <laughs> like so okay. it was kind of like weird like i was in a weird position uh mm -hmm. so yeah so i experimented with other like uh, video software such as a resolum um which is for just mixing live video and it has a strong connections with audio so you can use audio information t for some of the transformations so um, and i was also editing a lot. So one of the last things that I, I was doing between um, software for live video and software for editing video was kind of like producing uh, video material in like this live video software and just yeah. using it to just create uh, fixed media or just tape tapes like videotape. Um, wow. Pieces. So yeah, for me, like I think I was a very into just mixing tools, um, mm -hmm. like not really marrying to one practice. <laughs> so that's yeah. kind of like yeah. one of my, my inspirations. So I was very interested in expanded literature practices. So I collaborated with my dad since then, actually, because he's a writer. So basically, we started oh. to produce these uh, pieces around how to use literature that he was reading live or that he that we were recording with him uh, with video experimentation and also sound experimentation and kind of like that led me to again to live cutting <laughs> because it's like okay we we have been um experiencing or just exploring with these three layers like visual sound and voice um, and kind of like um, deconstructing in a way voice in the sound layer. Um, mm -hmm. But then we didn't really um, approach too, mo too much to text uh, as a visual, like in graphics. Uh, and then w I was like, okay, now I found a link with light cutting and I, have, I, I found a sense um, of working with light cutting tools. Because then uh, in light cutting tools, you project the code and Usually, as I understand, uh, when you project the code in live coding uh, practices, uh, it's either just to share the code so the others can learn uh, by mm -hmm. seeing it, and mm -hmm. the other is to share a process, just to open your process as a musician or as a visualist, and ju ju so you don't hide anything. Uh, but yeah. for me, that's not really exploring the aesthetical layers of projecting the code. Um, so for that reason that I was kind of like uh, not sure about using the code before, but then uh, in 
just trying to explore new ways to approach voice in graphical terms. Uh, I found the link with live coding. And during that time, which it was around 2017, 2018, uh, mm -hmm. I found, well, I was starting to like, read uh, more about e-poetry and electronic literature. Mm -hmm. Like, I find a lot of connection between um, electronic literature and live coding, basically. I find that super interesting, you know, because, yeah, it's it's something I feel that sometimes we forget because, like, a programming language is a language. And there is definitely, at least also for me, there's such a poetry in in, in programming and in using a programming language. It's a, it's a different kind of poetry, maybe, but there's something in the purity of the logic and that elegance of expression of an idea of a process that, you know, so I find it really interesting that actually, you know, you, you really connected to live coding coming from the side of the language, that it's when, you know, you connected with the po poetry and the language style of it that then all of a sudden live coding made, made sense. Because, yeah, I, I, it's something that for me, I'm, I'm kind of also obsessed with that, like the aesthetic of programming as a language and how, you know, and, and when you take it outside of, you know, building something, building an application, uh, when you take it as a medium, like an art medium, then you can go outside of the box. You can go and express things that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily express when you're concretely building an application, let's say. Yes, and yeah, basically, um, the other reason that I wasn't really approaching too much live coding in visual terms uh, is because most of the live coding languages for visuals, they work with visual synthesis. And mm -hmm. although I really like that approach, I, I am not very into that approach, like too much. Uh, I really like to what work... What is that approach? What is it exactly? Uh, visual to synthesis? work just with visual synthesis, just to work with vectors. Uh, like mm -hmm. Adria works with shaders, which is a different one. Um, mm -hmm. It's not working re really with vectors, but at the same time, it's just working with generating um, an image through the computer and just uh, through the, okay. like the, like the mm -hmm. technical capacities of the computer. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I really love, like, I really love to work with video textures in my work, like personally. So mm -hmm. yeah, the only language that comes to my mind is like coding YouTube. I think that's it. That's the name. Uh, so you can remix um, uh, videos from YouTube uh, live. Um, but besides that, right. there are not a lot of live coding languages that focus especially on video. And so in 2017, I met Esteban Betancourt, which is a Colombian programmer and musician. Um, mm -hmm. I started helping him to design a uh, live coding language for video, uh, which is called um, Cinevivo. And right. it's also kind of like Cinevivo is also focusing right. on, on language because you have right. the Spanish version of the commands and you have the English version, but you also have the opportunity to create your custom. Uh, version in which you can use any language or any words that you want for for the commands. Amazing. Like, do you have a prototype of that language already that, that you are using for performances? Or it's still in development? I don't have anything concrete. It's just more like ideas uh, from like starting ideas. Here in Canada, the first two years of the PhD, it's just basically uh, doing seminars 
doing your com comprehensive exams and then just developing the proposal. So I'm developing the long proposal that I have to submit to my uh, to the committee of the school. I can't wait to see it come to life. So with that, let's start by listening a little bit some of your music, uh, which is amazing. Like I have to say, like uh, the the tracks that you send me, there's so much depth. There's so, there's so much like it's it's yeah it's it's very deep meaningful uh sound art uh i i feel Thanks. so i'm very excited that we're sharing that to the audience today uh the first piece is called memorias yes memoria is kind of like a proof of concept <laughs> of my phd project so i made it on the first uh, year of the phd mm -hmm. and basically um It was again connecting uh, e-poetry and e-electronic literature practices with live coding and basically focusing on language. So I developed um, six short stories in English and Spanish uh, about like memories triggered by one sense. So, for example, one of the stories is called "How Do I Hear," and uh, yeah, and all the images that I that are part of the these stories that I wrote are just um, referring to my childhood memories and nowadays like my present memories also uh, around how like hearing things uh, like the other ones is about how how do i write how do i watch how do i read how do i um, see and how do i listen so it's kind of like different also like different depths of seeing and hearing and after i developed like these short stories mm -hmm. I create a third version, which is a programming language. So remember that I, I said it's in Spanish and English and then in programming language. Uh, <laughs> so I create a series of parsers of each one. <laughs> and, and so it's kind of like developing or just mixing uh, some of the words that I use in each of the stories, but mixing, mixing them with uh, numbers and with symbols and Each of these six mini languages creates different visual or sound textures. Two of them create sound, two of them create uh, visuals, and two of them work uh, especially with voice. Wow, amazing. Okay, so let's go. I'm super excited to share this. Memorias from Jessica Rodriguez. En aquel jardín, con arrebujas y moldeamos a nuestro con arrebujas y moldeamos a nuestro querer, con arrebujas y moldeamos a nuestro con arrebujas y moldeamos con arrebujas a nuestro querer. En aquel jardín, con arrebujas y moldeamos a nuestro querer. En aquel jardín. Con arrebujas que moldeamos a nuestro querer. En aquel jardín. Con arrebujas que moldeamos a nuestro querer. En aquel jardín. Con arrebujas que moldeamos a nuestro querer. Todos es un libro. It is full of advertisements. I like feeling Amo the sun that comes. Two. Me gusta su voz. 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 Me gusta su vo
It is full of advertisement. It is full of advertisement. Do it more. How do I watch? I should do it more. Flying with the boy on its back. Two. I had to quit. Two. I had to quit. It is so warm. It is so warm. I can't take it anymore. I can't take it anymore. I used to. I have to leave this city. Those times when the bird was free to bite all Nothing happens there. I am in my garage looking at its loneliness. I am in my garage looking at its loneliness. Two. Five. Two. I should do it more. I miss those desperate times. Sometimes I really miss those desperate times. En aquel jardín, con arrebustos que moldeamos a nuestro querer, I should do it more. I like when there is no movement. En aquel jardín, con arbustos que moldeamos a nuestro querer. So that was Memorias from Jessica, Jessica, sorry, Rodriguez. Uh, wow, Jessica, it's so beautiful. Like I, I really, really enjoy these kind of textures that are. Like first, I think that the human voice, there's something, you know, right away, if you work with a human voice, there's something like fundamentally that is very emotional that will, you know, grab you in a very, you know, emotional place. And to play so much with all these textures and, you know, the, the universe that you create, I just, I just find it just to, to me, I, I love, I love this. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so basically, when I came to um, to Canada, um, I stopped working directly with my dad. Um, so it was kind of like going into um, voice samples uh, was a way to still collaborate with him um, in, in different ways. So yeah, the voice that you hear in Spanish is my dad, actually. And <laughs> the voice in English, it's um, Victoria... I won't say her last name because it's so complicated. It's kind of like uh, <laughs> her name is Victoria, and, and he uh, and she's uh, studying an undergrad in multimedia at McMaster. So, yeah. So the idea is that I wanted the stories to be in English and Spanish because kind of like this is right now how I'm I'm living in between two languages, and right. I was also 
I wanted obviously my dad's voice. It's a, a way to recover in uh, my childhood. Where, so he used to read me um, before uh, going to bed. Going so, to sleep. Yeah, yeah. So he used to read me every every, uh, every night. So I, I have like this is kind of like a very these are very important memories. Um, but I didn't want to record myself, and also I wasn't really comfortable with my English, so I with the pronunciation of my English, so for that reason. And Victoria also has a very beautiful voice, like... Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, your dad also. Yeah, and I think they fit together well, like the voices feel together well. <laughs> and but um, yeah, so basically, um, you were hearing uh, mostly two of my languages, which is uh, one that is, uh, the name is Gride, and the other one is Read. And they they actually both parsing uh, tidal cycles. So I'm okay. using uh, some of uh, the tidal cycles functions. I'm just like um, obviously using different words to name to name them. So for example, the gain function in cycle uh, in my language, uh, the name is uh, in one of them. It's forma, which is shape in, in Spanish. Oh, yeah. uh, so I'm using like different uh, vocabulary, but actually it's title cycle. So I was also very, very impressed. So, so for the people maybe who don't, who don't know titles, so title cycle is a life coding language uh, based on Haskell, right? It's like functional programming. It is based on patterns, on, on just how to create right. patterns uh, with, with um, samples sound samples right uh it was uh, interesting just to explore with tidal in a different uh sound textures yeah amazing uh well so let's go maybe uh to our next piece that we have and that next one i think is a is very special right it's invocaciones by uh sylvia remind me sylvia the name Plath. sylvia plath and that that is a strong very strong piece isn't it so yeah so basically uh after doing this uh memorias piece i was um very intrigued by the potentiality of tidal cycles working with uh, right. voice samples so i wanted to just start exploring with uh other voices like at the beginning of uh the history of the work with andamio uh and with my dad the first performance that we presented um we actually read uh Sylvia Platt's poetry uh Gabriela Mistral and Hertha Müller so we read them mm -hmm. and not that when, when I was deciding uh which voices of uh of poets I wanted to um experiment with um I kind of like decided to start with them because it was kind of like a a way to come again and see them through a different perspective. And I started with the complicated one, <laughs> the most complicated one, which is <laughs> which is Sil Sylvia Blatt. Um, so Sylvia Blatt is an American poet. Uh, she was born in, in 1932, and she died in 1963. So she... Wow, very young. Yeah, very young. Mm. She actually suffered from uh, clinical depression. Her story is complicated because she comes from a wealthy family. She's white. She's from the United States, and uh, but she also is a woman during the thirties uh, right. and forties and fifties. So wow, yeah, yeah, different, different reality. reality. Um, 
she has a book called uh, The Jarbell, and she kind of like narrates how she was like doing this residency in New York, and she should be happy, but she's not. And after that, mm -hmm. that's when um, she's di diagnosed with clinical de depression. So, and she she suffered from that all her, all her life, and she um, had very um, a lot of like uh, intents of suicide. Yeah, she had the intention to, to commit suicide, to like commit suicide. Uh, several so. times. And actually, uh, wow. that's um, uh, how she died in, in the 1963. So, yeah, so before, like the months before uh, that happened, um, she splits from his uh, husband. Uh, that was like mm -hmm. uh, the relation with his husband as the same with his father was very oppressive um, so yeah sh so he is pleased from his husband and he enters in a very like a strong depression and start writing poems like a lot of poems so he writes this poem called daddy it's about her depression about her intentions of committing suicide uh, about violence, about oppression, about patriarch patriarchy. patriarchy. But the problematic yeah. part of the poem is that she has these images in the poem, but she also, in some uh, parts of the poem, she's comparing this oppression, she's comparing her oppression to oppression of the Jewish community in the Holocaust. So, yeah. Really? Okay, interesting. Yeah, so wow. heavy. <laughs> so, heavy. Yeah. so, obviously, the, po the poem is highly criticized because of that, uh, because it's a perpetuation of a culture that she doesn't belong. I think it would be controversial even now, right? Um, I presented this in a very like close environment with some like friends from the university, and it was a controversy. There was a controversy about if I should use it or not. I don't know. Like I don't know the answer, because uh, I consider that she was uh, experiencing for very deep depression. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know if in her mind, because of the time also, because she she's kind of like living in the 50s, 60s, maybe she's has she's like having all these images of the Holocaust after the after the war ended. So, mm -hmm. if she will like live nowadays, now that we mm -hmm. understand and have mm -hmm. more conscious about all these things, uh, I want to give her the mm -hmm. benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I think it's a um, very complicated subject, but uh, the part of the patriarchy and the violence that she's living, um, it is still kind of like relevant to highlight, even though the poem has these controversial parts. I do not yeah. emphasize too much in the analogies with the Holocaust when I'm working with mm -hmm. her poems, uh, although at the mm -hmm. end I do play the whole poem, so like you will hear mm -hmm. that part. Uh, maybe a little bit of a disclaimer. Uh, this is this is going to be hard, hard language. So if it's not something that you want to listen to, maybe skip a little bit ahead. And if not, you are warned. So <laughs> without waiting, let's go and hear Invocaciones. So Invocaciones is a series of pieces. And this one is using a poem by Silvia. Um, Sylvia Platt. Sylvia Platt. E daddy. E daddy. E daddy. E daddy. You do not do, you do not do, daddy. 
Daddy. You do not do, you do not daddy. Daddy. Thirty years, poor and white. Daddy. You do not do, you do not do. Daddy. 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 more black shoe. Daddy. Daddy. Do. Daddy. Thirty years, poor and white. Daddy, I have had to kill more black shoe. Daddy, I have barely daring to breathe or her chew. Daddy, I have had to kill you. Daddy. You do not do, you do not do. You do not do, you do not daddy. I have had to kill you. Daddy, like a foot. Daddy, I have had to kill you. Daddy, I have barely daring to breathe or hurt you. Daddy, I have had to kill 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 you. I used to pray to recover you. Daddy, Daddy, I have had to kill you. Daddy, I have had to kill you. I used to pray to recover you. Daddy, I have had to kill you. Daddy, I used to pray to recover you. Daddy, I have had to kill you. Daddy, I have had to kill you. Daddy, I have had to kill you. I used to pray to recover you. Daddy, I have had to kill 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 you. to kill you. Daddy, I have had to kill you. Daddy, I 
He tenido que matar a Daddy, 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 You do not do, you do not do, and that is the last
So daddy, and finally, and finally, the black telephones off of the roof, the voices just can't work. Do not if I kill one by The vampire who sampled you and drank my blood great money seven years if you want to know. Daddy, you can lie back now. There's a stake in your fat black heart, and the villagers never like you. They're dancing and stamping on you. They always knew it was you. Daddy, daddy, you bastard. I'm Daddy, daddy, you bastard. I'm daddy. Daddy, daddy, you bastard. Daddy, 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 you bastard. Daddy, 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 this was Invocaciones, uh, using a poem by uh, Sylvia Plath uh, by, and a musical piece by Jessica Rodriguez. So that is, yeah, very intense. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is intense. Um, yeah, but I think that um, even though she wrote this like more than 50 years ago, I think mm -hmm. the oppression is still there. Mm. Yes. yes. I think we have all experienced de depression. Uh, maybe not clinical depression as her. Uh, but we have all, um, like, I don't know, when I came with, uh, to my PhD the first year, um, my grandma was very, very sick. And she actually passed away that f the first December that I came. So, yeah, so even though I was very excited about coming to Canada and everyone was saying, you should be so, super happy because you're there, you're doing your PhD, you have a funding, uh, I wasn't really, really, I wasn't really happy. Um, yeah. And during that year, it was a very, very hard year for me. And I, um, I'm not going to say that I suffer from depression, but mm -hmm. I, I did suffer uh, some kind of uh, sadness, like very... Um, sad like very high yeah. sadness um yeah, yeah. yes and i think uh it's because i i was kind of like in this space where i should be happy but i was i wasn't and that's kind of like related to how everyone uh, expects us to be um at, at exactly. all times um i see in daddy's um poem that that's mainly uh what silvia Plath is, Plath is talking about and also uh, I decided to keep working with this poem because even though the problematics around it or surround it, uh, mm -hmm. I think art can be excused to talk about things. So exactly, that's that's definitely that's what I was thinking about. I I, I think art is an expression of life, uh, and some artists have this talent or this mission or. Uh, 
I don't know how you can call it, but you know, there's art for everything and some artists are there to be controversial and some artists are there to confront us with, with something that we don't necessarily want to be confronted uh, with. And, and some artists have also this ability to, to go into those zones that are uncomfortable, but they are part of life. They are part of what makes us human, what makes society today. Um, and I, I, I also believe it's not a reason to necessarily avoid it. Uh, it's all about putting it into perspective and, you know, taking it for what it is for a moment in history, for a moment in a person's life. Yeah, and I think it's a, this is a very good example about how a lot of things in life are not really black or white. They're yes. just like in a big gray zone. <laughs> uh, actually, um, again, she suffered a lot of oppression uh, by um, her husband. And her husband has the rights for her points. So the mm -hmm. one that earned all that money for mm -hmm. her work is actually her, her husband. Um, really? That's crazy. Yeah, so, you know, there's always a silver lining also. There's, some, there's a lot of the times there's more to a story. Than, than what means the eye. Yes, and we can excuse her a little bit about touching those subjects because she was living in another context. Uh, but I do agree that also by working with her poem, I'm kind of like updating her poem right now. So mm -hmm. it's a good uh, piece to question how we can recover these poems or these kind of works that have controversial parts, but without really highlighting the, like that uh, part of the poem, but maybe rescuing the other parts that can start um, a conversation. Yes. So it's definitely very brave. And I mean, that puts you also in this line of artists that are able to face confrontation, that are able to be controversial. And, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of courage. And definitely for me, I admire, uh, I, I admire people that are that are able to to face that and artists that are able to work with that energy because it's it's definitely not easy it's a very very hard energy to work with so i think it's i think it's you know it's great work and the way that you talk about it also um puts a completely different pers perspective on the on the piece which i think is amazing yeah well, well a lot of people uh, obviously you can also explain uh life coding practices as political practices practices because you're using um, or you're hacking um, the computer and using programming languages that are usually are usually open source. Uh, mm -hmm. Contrarily, obviously, to use um, software like uh, uh, Logic or Pro or just yeah. Ableton that you have to pay. So uh, obviously, live coding is a, a political practice uh, just because you, you use other tools uh, that are not part of the capitalized word but at the same time i think uh, you barely see live coding performances that also touch political themes and Definitely, i think we, we we need to have more of those yeah so with that let's go to your last uh, piece which is also uh, a piece in the series of invocaciones uh, not as heavy <laughs> a little bit of a lighter energy, uh, with which this time is with a poem from Gabriela Mistral. Yeah, so she's a Ch Chilean uh, poet. Uh, she was a Chilean poet. Um, so I 
um, I'm remixing the poem País de la, de la Ausencia. She talks about the uh, concepts of um, belonging. Uh, so she uses a lot the, the image of the country of uh, where you belong. So yeah, so for that reason, I I, I identify a lot with with the poem. And um, so basically, that with this poem, I started to uh, think about how to name this series of uh, experiments that I'm doing with uh, mm -hmm. women poets. And I decided to use the the word uh, invocations. Uh, because it's related, like, it's a practice related to witchcraft. Like, I remember how um, in media they portray witchcraft as just repeating sentences. Right, uh, like the kind of mantra kind of uh, thing, a ceremonial. Yeah. And obviously, <laughs> like, witchcraft is identified to assume uh, the devil, but that's not always true. Like, uh, I think most of the cases is more like nature, like nature entities. Yes, uh, like paganism. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So for for that reason, like these experiments, because I'm repeating a lot of um, the sentences of these poems, um, because I'm repeating them using the voice of the poets. Um, mm -hmm. For that reason, I was for me it was like, okay, I'm summoning these elders to be here with us. And yeah, so, <laughs> so for that reason, that's the that's the reason that the name of the series is Invocaciones. Oh, wow! Beautiful, beautiful. I love that idea. So let's go and listen to Invocaciones uh, using a poem by Gabriela Mistral. And again, this is a musical art piece by Jessica Rodriguez. País de la ausencia, extraño país, el puente mi barca me trajo hasta aquí. País de la ausencia, extraño país, y el país sin nombre me voy a morir. Extraño país. No me lo contaron por isla país o país. País de la ausencia, extraño país. País de Con la edad ausencia, de siempre, sin edad feliz. País. Nombre suyo, nombre nunca se lo oí. Y en país sin nombre, nombre me voy suyo, a morir. Nombre nunca se lo oí. Nombre suyo, nombre nunca se lo oí. Y no tiene cielos ni mares de añil. Nombre suyo, nombre nunca se lo oí. País de la ausencia. Y el país sin nombre me voy a morir. No echa granada, no cría jazmín. Qué ángel y seña sutil. Me voy a morir. Qué añil. Y el país sin nombre me voy a morir. Flor de neblí. Granada, no cría jazmín. Me lo contaron por isla o país. Y el país sin nombre me voy a morir de alga muerta, color de neblí. Barca me trajo hasta aquí. Voy a morir. Ya de siempre. Mares de añil. Color de neblí. Riejas. O hasta aquí, o hasta aquí. Perdido el río, la cercanía de añil. En los animales. O hasta aquí. Nombre suyo, nombre nunca Flor de alga muerta, con edad de feliz, sin edad feliz. Granada, ella granada, la colonia, con edad de siempre. Hombre, extraño país, en mi barca, de alga muerta, en mi ocasencia, en mi ocasencia, extraño país, color de neblín, lo país, lo país, de neblín, de neblín, 
extraño país, extraño país, extraño país, extraño país, no crías a Voy a morir. Preso casi lo hice. Los mimares de Miguel Ángel lo soñaron por Isla País. No es agranado. No me lo crías por Isla País. 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 Lo país, lo país, País de la ausencia, extraño país, más ligero que ángel y seña sutil, color de alga muerta, color de neblín, con edad de siempre, sin edad feliz. No echa granada, no cría jazmíes, y no tiene cielos ni mares de añiles. Nombre suyo, nombre nunca se lo oí, y en país sin nombre me voy a morir. Mi puente, mi barca me trajo hasta aquí, no me lo contaron por isla o país, yo no lo buscaba ni lo descubrí. Parece una fábula que yo me aprendí, sueño de tomar y de desasir, y es mi patria donde vivir y morir. Me nació de me cosas nació que de no son país, país, de patrias y patrias que tuve y perdí, de las criaturas que yo vi morir, de lo que era mío y se fue de mí. Perdí cordilleras en donde dormir, perdí huertos de oro dulces de vivir, perdí yo las islas de caña y de añil, y las sombras de ellos me las quise venir, y juntas llamantes a hacerse país. Que deja de niebla siedoso y servicio, alientos dormidos me los vi seguir, y en años cerrados de volverse país, y en país y en nombre de Julio Moreno. Yo no lo buscaba ni lo descubrí, yo no lo buscaba ni lo descubrí. Yo no lo buscaba ni lo descubrí. País de la ausencia, extraño país. Y en país sin nombre me voy a morir. Y en país sin nombre me voy a morir. Y en país sin nombre me voy a morir. Y en país sin nombre me voy a morir. Y en país sin nombre. Y en país sin nombre. País de la ausencia, país de la ausencia, país de la ausencia, extraño país, y en país sin nombre. País de la ausencia, país de la ausencia, extraño país, país de la ausencia, extraño país, país de la ausencia, extraño país, 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 extraño país,
All right, so that was another one of Jessica Rodriguez's Invocaciones, this time with a poem from Gabriela Mistral. Wow, amazing. Again, again, all these voice textures and coming together, creating like this universe. It's very uh, immersive is what I wanted to say. Like you feel like you're immersed in someone's thoughts, someone's internal world somehow. Yeah, for me, it has been interesting just to working with other voice textures. Uh, it's not just working with hair poems, uh, in the case of Silvia Platt or Gabriela Mistral is also working with her voice. Um, and obviously they know how to read the poem and where, what to emphasize and uh -huh. how to emphasize it. So again, working with repetition, but also right. with deconstruction of her words. So um, yeah, it's just a way to reinterpret, yeah, to interpret again. Um, her words and her voice and her thoughts. Um, how, how do you feel in performance? Like, do, do you sometimes like perform with the the, the live uh, poet or the live voice with you, or mostly samples, mostly recorded? Um, like this last um, pieces that I have uh, I have done. Actually, it's just like uh, I re I download her recordings and separate the the poem into uh, sentences. Uh, yeah. So you, uh, so I end up with obviously one file with the with the whole poem and then um, different files from each of the sentences. So for example, with uh, Gabriela Mistral poem, I have 26 audio files, and basically I just start like remixing them in different ways, and then in in one part I just start also deconstructing them, and both pieces at the end I do play the whole poem. Um, just as a way also to honoring her own way of just saying the right. whole poem. So obviously with a little bit of feedback, uh, but it's just uh, without any other alteration. Uh, so I don't make any other alteration to, to the whole poem. Mm -hmm. uh, the last section is more like emphasizing some of the of the sentences. For example, in Gabriela Mistral, I'm emphasizing the first uh, sentence of the poem and the last sentence of the poem at the end of my performance. So it's kind of mm -hmm. like when I kind of like thinking about a new piece, I obviously start by deciding which poem I want to work with. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's available with her voice, because most of, like um, sometimes not all the poems nice. are recorded by them. By them. Right. So, um, and then working with the poem in Reaper, so I just in an audio software, um, I start like obviously clean, clean it a little bit, uh, the noise, mm -hmm. because obviously these are all recordings, uh, mm -hmm. so they have <laughs> noise. Then cutting them into pieces, those uh, pieces are made with uh, title cycles. Yeah. Um, with these ones, I've been exploring new functions that I didn't know. So I'm still like kind of like identifying 
which functions of title can work with alone samples and with voice samples and also kind of like developing my own way of working with these uh, textures uh, inside in title cycles because it's not the same again working with uh, the usual uh, samples that title does that are usually very very short and very very rhythmic so it's not the same so you have you have to experiment and you have to develop your own way to approach these samples right and and when you perform is it like like do you have already the whole structure of the piece like obviously when you're recording you're you're working on a specific structure and you know where where you're going with this but when you're going in performance for you is it more like you want to replicate something that you've recorded before so you keep the authenticity of your piece or sometimes you go and just full improvisation or you have a beginning and an end but then in the middle what's your process with performance uh yeah i usually identify some of some things that i want to do like for example i want to start with uh just the um playing in loop some audios and then usually the the ones at the beginning of the poem and then just start like adding more audios and more um random samples coming out mm -hmm. and then deconstruction deconstructing them Um, mm -hmm. to end up with the whole poem and then more deconstruction. So, uh, so I do have kind of like um, an idea, an overall idea of what I want to do. Uh, but everything, it's more like an improvisation uh, when I present this live. So I have some papers with the sentence divide, divided. Um, right. And I know which sample, which number um, kind of like triggers each one of them. With Sylvia Platt, I actually also kind of that kind of like identify them through uh, the rhythm, how how she's reading the poems, so uh, and how how she's reading each of the sentences, so I can match some sentences with others, even though mm -hmm. they are not consecutive, just by the rhythm. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. yeah, uh, but obviously that takes more more time to more do that. Time, yeah. So and I'm I'm still kind of like experimenting with that sometimes it's very difficult because it's like how she's reading it like da, 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 da. and then just like <laughs> that's kind of like i learned i learned that from my dad i was like how do i work with these poems in a more meaningful in way rhythmical, uh, yeah and finding the underlying rhythm of it that's really interesting i i like it because finding the rhythm of each of these sentences is not related to the poem itself in its written form but the voice of the poem of the poet so it's mm -hmm. more related with with the voice and i'm like now that i've been conceptualized a little bit more about this process and this uh, and my practice um yeah i will say that every time that you write code and you evaluate code you activate a speech so mm -hmm. it's like you activate a voice that tells mm -hmm. you something uh mm -hmm. in a particular way so And you can transform the way that you're telling uh, or that you're speaking through code. So, so yes, <laughs> that's how I conceptualize my, my, my practice. And um, I think that I need to just go further and develop m even more this. And actually, this is part of my, pro of my PhD project, too. Amazing. I can't wait to see how uh, your project is going to turn out and to see this new language that you're working on come to life and maybe collaborate with you. If it's a collaborative language, then hopefully, you know, give it a spin and, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, like uh, create something. I think, I think your work is really, really amazing and so deep, like I said. 
at the beginning. I think there's a lot of philosophical implications. There's a lot of depth there um, that is that is really interesting to explore. So that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you so much, Jessica, for taking the time to come on the show. No, thanks for inviting me. And yes, I think I'm open to collaboration. I think you learn a lot by collaborating with people. Um, so it's amazing. So before you go, I just want to say a quick few words. So make sure to check out the links in the episode of the description and go ahead and follow Jessica on social media if you want to stay updated on her work. So go ahead, I'll put all the links to her social media profiles there. There's also uh, videos that you can see on Vimeo where you can see her perform uh, the pieces that we've heard today. Uh, so Jessica, if people, wants to f if people want to find you on social media, where, where do you hang out? Is it mostly Twitter, Instagram? Um, yes, well, all my work is in andamio.in. I think you say you will share the links. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm usually on, sure. on Facebook. In Facebook, I have my second name, which is Ariane. I think it's French. Yes. <laughs> Ariane Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. so, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's A-R-I-A-N-N-E. Uh, Rodriguez. Amazing. So I'll put the links and you can, you can follow her uh, and stay updated on what she's going to uh, produce next. I'm very excited to see. <laughs> and also final words, if you'd like to support this podcast, there's a really cool way to do it. You can check out the link to the Earth to Abigail Teespring shop. So we have cool t-shirts made especially for programmers. So go and check it out. And you can also support Earth to Abigail, so me, on Patreon. <laughs> and you can become a patron for access to cool bonuses and behind-the-scenes videos and um, amongst other things. And of course, like and share this episode. That's always highly appreciated. Also, if you'd like it to keep in touch with me or if you have any feedback, comments or suggestions for the podcast, I'm going to leave all my uh, social links also in the description of the podcast in general. And you can reach out to me on social media. I'd love to hear from you. So, Jessica, again, last thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. It was really a pleasure to have you. And to all of you programmers and engineers out there, whether you're a professional or hobbyist, remember code is art. So you are all artists. I hope that you're letting your creativity shine. And if not, maybe give life coding a try. Wishing you all to be good, to stay safe, and until next time.